1726, a 20-year-old Benjamin Franklin set out to attain moral perfection by committing himself to live out 13 virtues. These 13 virtues, he said, would help him live without committing any fault at any time. And though he'd admittingly never arrived at perfection, it's this drive to constantly improve himself by defining these, these principles that helped one of America's founding fathers achieve so many goals. Hello and welcome to the E-Commerce Marketer Podcast. My name is Stephen Marin, and I want to help you grow and scale a successful e-commerce brand by getting more traffic, generating consistent sales, and gaining repeat customers. Are you up for the challenge? If so, keep listening. So what does this all have to do with e-commerce marketing? In order to truly grow as a person, as a brand, as a business, you have to draw a line in the sand and define, define what you believe to be true. You have to stand for something. So I'd like to share what I believe to be true and what I think successful e-commerce brands share in common. Let's start with number one. I believe in defining a specific audience. So Dale Carnegie in his book had a great quote about this and it was talk in terms of the other person's interests. So how do you do that in marketing? You create buyer personas which allow you to speak directly to their goals, their challenges and their pain points. It helps you learn a bit more about what they value, where they hang out, and what interests them. And the reason you do this is because if if you try to appeal to everyone, then you appeal to no one. So let's say I had a specialty coffee subscription business. I'm looking for people that are into artisanal goods, handmade goods, those handcrafted sort of types of uh, product lovers, let's say. And I know this because I actually purchased specialty coffee myself, so and, and I love that handcrafted approach to things. So I would create a buyer persona that captures this, this the essence of this person, what they value, what their goals are, their challenges, their pain points, and, and learn more about what they like in order to define a specific segment. Number two, I believe in building a brand. Steve Jobs had a great point of view about this and he called it making brand deposits and brand withdrawals. Now a brand deposit is the goodwill, the valuable content, the, the, the free stuff, the value that you give to your customers. It's doing the unmeasurable, doing the unscalable. And the reason is because you want to invest in your customers. Let's say, let's say one day you get a bad review. Your brand withdrawal is going to be them coming to your defense. Your brand withdrawal will be you asking them for the sale. You have to make deposits before you make withdrawals. Again, taking it back to our coffee subscription business, an instructional video on how to brew coffee correctly would be making a brand deposit. Um, creating contests to win free, you know, to win a free month's order that would be a brand deposit. So you're investing in your customers ahead of time in order to make the withdrawals later on. That's been building a brand. Number three, I believe in focusing on the ABC formula. This ABC formula is a term that I coined for an 80-20 approach to growing and scaling an e-commerce brand. A stands for average order value, which is your average cart size. B stands for buyer frequency, which is your ability to retain and uh, get repeat customers. C is your ability to retain new customers, I mean, your ability to acquire new customers. So average order value, buyer frequency, and customers, ABC. This is the 80-20 approach. It's what you should be focusing on in order to 
achieve a higher LTV, which is your customer lifetime value, because it gives you the ability to spend more to acquire a customer. The cost for marketing and advertising and acquiring customers goes up and up and up every single year. So you're always looking to increase the LTV. That should be your main goal. And the ABC formula does that. If we take this to our specialty coffee example, uh, creating tiered product levels and upsells and cross-sells and a monthly subscription model, retargeting and email marketing and pay-per-click advertising, these are all ways to increase your average order value, to increase your buyer frequency and to acquire new customers. Number four, I believe that marketing is a necessary investment. Dan Kennedy, like the legendary marketer, had a great quote about this. He said, ultimately, the business that can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. And that could not be any more true because you, you have to make that investment. Uh, Henry Ford ha had a great quote about this as well. He said, a man who stops advertising to save money is like a man who stops a clock to save time. If, if you start starving your marketing, starving your ability to acquire customers, then your business will not grow, your business will not scale, and you will not be profitable. I see a lot of brands make this mistake with uh, cost per click, for example. They think that it's a success factor, but it's not. You, shouldn't be, you, you should not be focusing on your cost per click. Um, again, this goes back to the ABC formula. Focus on increasing LTV, not lowering your, your ability to acquire customers because then you're starving your marketing. You're starving your ability to acquire more customers. With the uh, coffee subscription example that I mentioned earlier, uh, would I want to battle with competitors or outspend them and get in front of more people, drowning them out? I don't want to battle with them. I'd rather drown them out with my marketing, my ability to acquire more customers because they're probably not focusing on this either. They're probably not trying to uh, increase their LTV. They're probably trying to decrease their cost per click. So they're, they're starving their own marketing, whereas I'm focusing on the opposite. Uh, my ability to acquire more customers and, and pay more because I recognize that costs are going to go up. Number five, I believe that successful brands have more than one product to sell. This is a great concept by Mark Ford. He goes by the pen name Michael Masterson in his book, Ready, Fire, Aim, and he talks about the front-end, back-end strategy of customer acquisition. The front-end is your, your ability to acquire customers at either below market or break-even rate. This is a low-risk, low-price offer. It's, it's intended to kickstart through the customer relationship because people only buy from those that they know, like, and trust, right? So it's a lower barrier to entry and it allows for them to at least try you out if they don't know you or like you or trust you yet, right? And guess what? If your average order value is high enough on this front-end offer, then you might also profit from it. There's an example with uh, Russell Brunson who has his book, Dotcom Secrets. He actually makes a profit off his front-end offer, which is usually hard to do, but he's able to, he's pulled it off. So it's, it, it is possible. Your backend offer, on the other hand, is where you profit. It's your core product offering. So if, if you're selling, back to the, my example, uh, coffee, a one-time sampler at a discounted rate would be my front-end offer, and my, my monthly subscription would be my back-end offer. That's how you do this, this two-step way of acquiring customers profitably. And th that's why it's so, it's so important for successful brands to have more than one product to sell. Number six, I believe that marketing is transformation. Now, I know this sounds very woo-woo and like I'm drinking the market of Kool-Aid, but hear me out. 
Al Rise and Jack Trout had a great book about positioning and they say it's better to be first in the mind than first in the marketplace. And guess what? You also have to do your messaging the same way because you have to position your messaging in a way that shows that we as customers buy solutions, not products. So it's important to communicate transformation, not features. That's what you're selling, transformation, not the features. Now, with our coffee example again, you want to appeal to their identity, a greater, a greater sense of self, right? Because the solution here, the transformation here is, and, and I'm speaking for myself as well because I actually buy specialty coffee every month. I, I like the fact that, I, that I'm into this, these handmade and handcrafted things. It appeals to my identity. It appeals to my greater sense of self. It indulges what I value. So again, your messaging and your positioning has to hit that. It has to communicate the transformation, not the features. If you talk about features, well then guess what? You're talking about the same features that every other coffee brand or um, coffee business has, right? So it's important to, to recognize that marketing is transformation. You have to communicate that transformation through your positioning and your messaging. Number seven, I believe in big ideas and stories. Your marketing message starts with a big idea. It's, it's a premise, it's a logical and emotional hook, right? You have to appeal both to both uh, the, the logical part of our brains and the emotional part of our brains. And the rest of your message delivers a story that proves that big idea to be true and it calls on your potential customer to take action. That's what big ideas and stories do. And it's so important to include that in your message and in your marketing. So if, if we're taking this back to our specialty coffee subscription business, the big idea can be, I don't know, um, this coffee is the first step to, to your best day yet, where you'll get everything done and be the most productive ever, right? That's, I mean, it's a very bad one, but it's an example of a big idea. And, and you can roll with that big idea and improve on it and tell a story that appeals to the logical and emotional sides of, of our target customers, okay? Number eight, I believe in the need for differentiation. This one is very important. AliExpress and Amazon are where these Me Too dropship products and commodities go to die, plain and simple. Today, you need to be different. You have to be different. Eugene Schwartz, a legendary copywriter, had a concept called the unique mechanism, which is how your product is different, better, and more likely to deliver results versus competitors. And we use it today, to, to, to this very day, we apply it to our marketing. And here's a warning, cheaper premium quality or customer service won't work. Those are not differentiators. Everyone uses them, therefore no one owns them as differentiators, okay? It's, it's very commonly said, so avoid those at all costs. As a specialty coffee brand, you might say, Hey, we're single origin and fair trade, and to, you know, to the to the common man, that might sound like uh, it's different. But you know, I know this industry pretty well because I actually buy this myself, so I know that that's really not a differentiator. Everyone says that. Now, a better example would be we're a single origin, fair trade brand that works directly with the farmers to make to make sure that they make a good living, and we ship by the pound rather than twelve ounces, which is the norm nowadays, at the same price. And we donate to a local charity in the country in which each coffee is cultivated. That is, is a bigger differentiator. That is a better story to tell. That really positions you as a better alternative than the typical Me Too coffee brand. So you need to differentiate. Number nine, I believe in irresistible offers. So an offer that is limited to a certain class of people is far more effective than a general offer. This is a quote from 
the great copywriter Claude Hopkins. And an offer is not your product, okay? An offer is how you present your product. The add-ons, the terms, the bonuses, the benefits, and features, etc. Like those all make up your offer, okay? And you market your offer. You do, you do not market your product, okay? Always market your offer. That is the focus. That is what you're trying to sell to your customer. And the reason we're selling offers and not products is because competition creates commoditization. So all these products that we're selling are a commodity. Everyone else is selling them too. There's a good chance, right? So we want to differentiate them. We want to create irresistible offers. And our potential customers are probably asking themselves when they see our ads or when they see our marketing or when they come across us as a brand, well, why should I care? Why you? Why now? What can I expect? What if it doesn't deliver? So we have to answer those questions in our offer, in our messaging, with our marketing. We have to present the benefits that, and, and that transformation. We have to position ourselves at the, as the solution. We have to answer all objections. We have to offer a guarantee or a warranty and create scarcity and or urgency to act now. This all makes up an irresistible offer. So with our coffee business, if we present how we're different and we market our front-end offer, which is the discounted coffee sampler, we then offer our limited-time back-end offer for two months' worth of coffee with one month's payment, subscription reoccurring after, that's more of an irresistible offer if we're answering all those questions. That's a better way to market your product, okay? Irresistible offers. Number 10, I believe in testing assumptions that scream, not whisper. This one's big. This is a quote by Michael Masterson, um, and he talks about focusing on the tests that move the needle, not incremental little to no ROI changes. And I see this a lot with e-commerce brands and, and businesses in general. They want to test button colors. They want to test call to action copy. They want to test little website tweaks that are very low impact. Instead, focus on improving your offers, focus on nailing your USP, getting to know your customers like the back of your hand. Those are high impact. Those are the changes that will really move the needle for your business. So with our subscription model again, testing new offers are way better than changing the add to cart button color. Testing assumptions that scream, not whisper. Remember that one. And the last one, number 11. I believe in leaning on your KPIs. Lean on your KPIs. It's good to track data, but only the important data that's going to scream results, not whisper results. This is similar to our Number 10, scream results, not whisper results. An example of KPIs that scream results are LTV, lifetime value of a customer, CAC, customer acquisition cost. Also, your LTV to CAC ratio is important. Your return on ad spend, ROAS, that's a KPI that matters. Not uh, cost per click, not clicks, not impressions, not CTRs, click-through rates, none of that stuff matters. Yes, you should be looking at it if you're managing ad campaigns, but those should not be the drivers of what you choose to change in your business or how you choose to alter your marketing. LTV, CAC, LTV to CAC ratio, ROAS, those are the important ones. There are others, but these, these are like the main points that you wanna focus on, okay? So if you take it back to our specialty coffee subscription business, I'm, if, if I'm not trying to, to lower my cost per click, nor do, I want, nor do I give a damn about my impressions, instead, I'm trying to increase my customer LTV. I'm trying to increase that value a customer brings so that I can become more profitable and outspend and outmarket my competitors. 
that's data that drives exponential growth, not little minor incremental growth. So lean on your KPIs, remember that one. So some parting thoughts. So as Benjamin Franklin did, choose one of these principles and really apply it to your business for a week and, and then choose another and apply that one for a week and apply another one for a week. Try these out. And, and I think you'll start to see massive growth in your business. So remember, if this is where, this is where your competitor stops, okay? They stop at putting in the hard work up front because it's, it's easier to settle for what's easy. It's, it's easier to settle for what doesn't take much work and you know, we can passively run our business, but we wanna be very proactive. We wanna be very intentional in, in what we decide to grow our business as and really what we choose to uh, define our principles as. And I think these 11 principles really, really make a difference. So don't focus on the minutia of running an e-commerce store Focus on what drives the bigger impact and growth. How will you apply these principles in your business? Hey, thanks for listening. If you're ready to dominate the digital shelf, get more traffic, generate consistent sales, and gain repeat customers, from strategy to coaching, consulting to execution, your repeatable and winning e-commerce strategy is just a call away. So head over to sparktbc.com and let's get started.